Welcome to this bonus edition of Record Roundtable. I don't know why we keep calling it bonus. I keep calling it bonus. Where we talk about the new music that came out in the month. The month we have just left is May. May music. That first song was the song Narrator by the band Squid off of their brand new album Bright Green Field. I it was Modest Mouse. It was not Modest Mouse. <laughs> Boom! Have you? I was getting. We'll ready. get there. I know. We'll get like, there. This is Caleb Robinson like speaking. I'm here with Jared. This is Tyler. And Tyler, I know you want to talk about this album. When Caleb told me to listen to it, because I would like I listened to it, and he he said that it was very post punky, which it is very post punky. Yes. And it has a little bit of new wave, but it's mostly post punk type stuff. And he said it's. It's a lot of talking heads, and I because mm-hmm. the because the lyrical, yeah. it is kind of David Burney. Yeah, but when I listened, that's what I said. I said this sounds like Isaac Brock. That's yeah. what this sounds like. He's got a little bit of Isaac Brock in there too. I was going to sure. tell you that Modest Mouse is going on tour and that we should go see them, and it's not even the right band. So I'll I'll save that for after oh, the show. Boy. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk more about Modest. Well, they I they think had they, a new single out. That's what I was going to say. They yes, also a announced a new single. We don't so. do singles as you don't do singles. I do singles, but you don't care about them. Well, sometimes I you care. can't. Sometimes you can't resist. Oh, I sometimes know. you can resist, sometimes you can't. Yeah, I, I mean, because it's hard to know. Sometimes when a single comes out, you don't know if it's going to be on an album or if it's a one-off, and so it's yeah. like still worth talking about if it's not even going to be on that album, or if the album comes out and you're like, "This album is ass. I don't want to talk about it." Right. Like three months after I talked right. about this single, yeah. But the single is good, and you're like, "Hey, here's a new album that came out, but it sucks. But here's a good song." Well, this it. week sure. I have both. I have a single that I had listened to of an album that came out, and I listened to the album. They were both good. They were good the first time and the second time. Are we That's gonna good. talk about Squid though, Tyler? Yes. yes. Okay. You are talking, talking about. about no, we're talking about singles. We are. It's Man. pretty. This album's. I like. I'm, so I've liked a lot of the. Uh, new post-punk type stuff that's come out. And I really yeah. like the dry cleaning one from a few, maybe was that last month or, the, or March? I think two it was, or three. Months I think it was March. That, yeah. It was pretty good. This one, I kind of like this one's different. Cause this one has um, like, you could hear there in that clip we played. It's got some like math, Rocky guitar bits in it too. Mm-hmm. So it's got something like the, dr- the dry cleaning type stuff had some kind of like cool tonal pieces, tonal pieces that weren't totally like, uh, math rock intricate, but this one has more math rock intrication in some of the instrumentals. I think that's fun. So I think so too. It's got a lot going on, just like the the Black Country New Road album we mm-hmm. talked about earlier in the year. Uh, which again, uh, which I will go ahead and transition also into the other album that's worth talking about. We can just talk about them kind of uh, wholly, which is the new album from Black Midi, which is also definitely worth talking about. Which is Cavalcade. Sonny boy, back only by accordion. Three rows of pale brunettes protecting from the crowd. And a curtain is a patchwork of imitation vermilion. And a red bar hangs over the throne that has been found. Oh, that was pretty good. Oh, I thought it was. I just want to, I want to get that little last one. In. You think we just uh, stop you, all? You think it's done instantaneously? It's, yeah, yeah, we've done that before. We have, but it's been a long time. It's, uh, I, that Caleb had me listen to. He said, "Listen to this that song specifically." And I yep. listened to a, a, a little bit of the rest of the album as well. Yeah, but it sounds like uh, Primus 
to me a little bit. I still think that first line is definitely um, uh, intentionally supposed to sound like Devil Went Down to Georgia in my mind. Oh, you think so? I think so, yes. It sounds it, a little, may, maybe a little like Tool too, a little with the, the vocal inflection bit. But yeah, definitely Primus is what it reminded me yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. That, that tune. Which, of course, like the whole album is very different. I assume you listen to all of Black Midi as well, yep, Tyler. I but did. Um, I bring up Black Midi and Squid together. Um, they're very, very, very different groups uh, in the same way that Black Country New Road is also very different. But the three of them all come from really the same area. They all kind of came up in similar ways. The same producer has kind of worked with all three of them. Uh, Black Black Midi and Black Country New Road have toured together as Black Midi New Road. And so all three of them really I knew were going to have kind of the best albums of the year probably for me it's possible something could like overtake some of it but really i knew those three were going to kind of be at the top of the bar for me and i think that i knew squid and black midi were both coming out this month and i wanted to make sure that both of them were really covered what did you think about black midi and did you have a preference for either squid or black midi i think i like squid more right now but i've listened to it more times so i only listened to black midi once all the way through because i well that was just friday i guess yeah, it was very, so very, it's only very been recent. a few days, and I've had a busy weekend, so I didn't get. To, I wanted to be able to get through it twice, and I just didn't get to. So, I like Squid more right now, I think, but I think that that's just kind of like, I think this Black Mini album is different enough from their debut that, um, like, their debut I really like because it was kind of like, it was like kind of math rocky and it was kind of mm-hmm. post hardcore type stuff, and now it's just like. This one's a little more like noise and like layers of just different stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a shift and I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect from it. And when I heard it, I was like, I don't know if this is hitting it as quickly as their debut hit for me. I would, I would agree with that sentiment. I think it's very, very good. I enjoyed the album quite a bit, but I think that it's a little bit more of a grower compared to like Squid's album, which really just kind of like hit me like a ton of bricks immediately. Yeah, that's my feeling too. Black Midi, I think, so the, 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 uh, debut album was a bit more improvisational, whereas this one was a little bit more planned out. And so you can tell in the album just how much of planning was in it because there's just so much going on. You couldn't have improvised all of it. It it feels almost more at home um, with like a Frank Zappa album yeah, it's because a bit... of all of those strange like like almost jazz elements and all of the experimentation that's going on that like it feels way less like a post-hardcore math rock and is way more just like experimental jazz with post-hardcore math rock elements in between. It has a more diverse instrumentalism as well. So we we hear instruments we didn't hear in the previous release that are used in kind of a different way than you might hear them typically use. It is like kind of Zappa, like really, now that you mentioned that, I didn't really think about that to begin with, but it's I still think it's, I think it's pretty good. I think the later half of the album I got into more than the beginning. So... I don't know. Maybe you'll have to wait a little bit if you've... It just depends on the mood you're in, I guess. Yeah, I'm but sure the, we'll check back in on it at some point. Yeah, I'm going to listen to it again this week, so yeah. hopefully it'll be all good yeah. at that point. I still like it, though. I do think it was a good album. Mm-hmm. I think both of them are really good. I just really like... I like Squid. I like where Squid's going. I think I like that more than the Dry Cleaning album, even, maybe. Yeah. I'd have to revisit that. And I think that Dry Cleaning and Squid are kind of my... Uh, our pair thus far and black mini pairs more with black country new road, of course, which we, that yeah. was known uh, to begin with before this album even came out. But I think this album sees some of the stuff that black country new road did on that album in terms of instr- instrumentation and a little bit more layered and planned. So I think, I think it fits well in there this year as well. Yeah. I, f- I figured with squid, 
the the new wave element is really what kind of hit it for you. But yeah, Squid's, Squid's album, Bright Green Field, and then Black Midi's album, Cavalcade. Both phenomenal listens and worth checking out if this is the style of music that you're into. Jared, please tell me about some of the things that you listened to uh, as it was going to be May. As it was going to be May. Okay, I'll try and uh, keep it uh, somewhat briefish. Tight! Yes. Uh, so... Uh, there's a new single from Aesop Rock and uh, his friend Homeboy Sandman mm-hmm. that was a tribute to MF Doom. A, a, a follow up to the, um, the Ask single, Anyone. The single just recently about the frog. Uh, y- yes. Because Aesop's been releasing some singles. But yeah, go on. Uh, there was uh, a uh, cover slash parody song by a group called Ice Nine Kills called uh, Jason's Mom. That uh, is a play on Stacy's mom, but it's about Jason Voorhees. That was pretty good. It was odd. Yes. Uh, did you listen to the new uh, Van Weezer? Uh, no. Okay. Listen, it was on my list, though. I listened to it. It but was very it. odd. It was I didn't like interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah, well, you didn't you like wouldn't. it. You would not like it. Why not? Because you hate everything Weezer. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate everything Weezer, but Weezer doesn't scratch the itch for he, me. What I think he would like... You can't hate Pinkerton, I don't think, though, because it's really good. I'm talking about recent. I'm talking about recent Weezer. Uh, but oh. that, there was a song called Blue Dream that was on this album. I would like you to just play a bit of it. Because yes, sir. it is worth... Uh, I want Tyler to hear it, really. That's obviously a, a, a sample from uh, Ozzy. A sample? And, Is that and, what you want to call yeah, it? I don't know Randy, Randy Rhodes. Rhodes. A sample River Rhodes? <laughs> oh. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was credited. Obviously, they got permission, I assume, from Ozzy or somebody associated with the estate. It's worth to seeing. throw it in there. There's a, actually a couple different samples on this album of classic rock things. So Van Weezer, this album is a homage to classic rock right. yeah. uh, in heavy metal, basically. It's worth uh, having been able to see Tyler's reaction to uh, the yeah. song yes. because for about maybe a second to two, he was kind of grooving with it. And then immediately when he realized what was happening, he started shaking his head. Yeah. <laughs> he knew. I mean, he knew what happened. Is it a sample if you're a rock band just playing a rock band song that you put new lyrics to? <sighs> they had a whole cover album. You shouldn't be surprised. That's true. Yeah, but the cover album uses the original lyrics. Yeah, I know. Stupid Teal album. Yeah. It's right. okay. Uh, yeah, this album was okay. I'm not going to go back to it, but it was worth bringing up specifically. Once that song Blue Dream came on, I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah. And it was the most interesting song on the whole album. Very strange. So very odd. Very strange. Um, Let's see what else we got here. Okay, so I'll talk about the, the interesting thing. Please. So, Please do. Uh, former good band, bad band person we've talked about previously. Uh, independent hip hop artist Tom McDonald, who we love, internet so troll much. Internet what a guy. troll. He uh, did something very interesting this month, and it was insane. So he purchased an NFT from uh, Eminem, which is a non fungible token. Yes, and he bought a beat, and so he released this song uh, called um, "Dear Slim." Dear Slim. 
with the beat that Eminem produced. And so it, on when he put it on YouTube, it was Tom McDonald, Dear Slim, produced by Eminem. Because it technically was produced by Eminem. He just didn't actually have a hand in the content. Uh, and it was like a fairly big song. On he basically YouTube. didn't even have any choice. No. You know, like... No, I don't think you can like choose not to sell it to somebody. Right. You know, I don't even know if he would have... Yeah. You know, Thomas McDonald, he wouldn't have been like, well, don't sell to that person. But yeah. I think he spent, like, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars on the beat. But Easily. on something that's non fungible. He owns it, though. He owns that how? beat now. I still because that's how that works. Yeah, that's, but I that's what you're buying. It. It's I very know. odd. I don't really want to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get into it either. I just <laughs> yeah, want everyone not. to know it that doesn't make sense. That's ridiculous. All I want. But anyway, so yeah, it was, it like got to. Five million uh, views on YouTube within like a week, mm-hmm. and it's like one of his biggest songs that he's done th- thus far. And it's like, it was so smart. Like, I, I we do not like him uh, on this show, no. But you can recognize an independent artist that is doing weird, interesting things in the music industry, and like basically like kicking the industry in the nuts and uh, saying, "You don't want me here, and yet here I am," kind of thing. The only thing yeah, is, kind of. is if that the- like. Uh, of course, the industry doesn't want him there. Like he's deliberately making music that the industry wouldn't want. So mm-hmm. it's almost like I mean we've talked about this, so I'm not gonna get into it. But it's like the idea of him like kind of uh, really it, Dear Slim is a clickbait song. Oh, yeah. That's all that it is. Out. Like oh, it's produced by Eminem. That's why it got listens, and that's what's gonna get him recognition. And then people are just gonna go back on everything his other on music. YouTube is clickbait. Though. I know so you can't. That's his whole career. I know. Okay, I'm aware. I'm just saying that like that the whole intention of it was not like i'm gonna buy this like this produce uh, this eminem beat production to do something interesting with it it was if i buy this then i will have clickbait material for youtube that will make me more famous that was the intention of it so like you know it's all about pedigree jared everything everything really he does everything with him the writing is on the walls all the time all the time he is very very evident about what he's doing most of the time but anyways he sucks Okay. We don't like him very he's no, much. He's not very good. It's not because... I mean, yes, it is because of the content. It's just also because you're just a bad musician. Yeah, he's just not good. I know you're listening, Tom. I know you're out there. Can we move on from Tom, please? Yes. Okay. Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> what happened to Tight? Uh, so, another story that I found interesting from this month is related to uh, American Idol and Sheryl Crow. So, on the finale of American Idol, which was moved from... Uh, Fox to ABC. There's this guy that uh, his his name is Arthur Gunn, and he competed last season and got like second place. And so then, because of the pandemic and the the way that the season ended or whatever, they did a redemption kind of story with this season, and they brought Arthur Gunn back, and he continued in the show, even though he was like he really wasn't supposed to, because it was supposed to be like a new crop of people. And uh, he's a very interesting. I watched a few of his performances, and uh, a couple weeks ago he did a Coldplay cover and completely changed the arrangement. Uh, and Chris, what Martin, was the song? I think it was in my place, maybe. Okay. Uh, but they were like, "Hey, uh, maybe don't change it like that because you're like disrespecting the artist." Like Katy Perry's like, sometimes just play along, and he's like no, I'm not going to just play along in the music. Like, I'm an artist and I'm going to do this thing. Right. So it was the last episode of the season, and he was supposed to perform two songs with Sheryl Crow. And they had done, like, the uh, um, uh, whatever uh, rehearsal, and they were ready to go. And he refused to come out of his uh, 
of his trailer to perform because he was like, I'm sick of this show. I don't want to mess with it anymore. And so they pulled another guy that was there to support him from the crowd that had performed on American Idol to perform with Sheryl Crow oh without any rehearsal at all. It was so weird. It was, was it like, a mess? Did he nail it? It was good. I mean, he, okay. nailed it. He, he did well for not, like he was wearing a beanie and just a shirt, like a regular. He didn't plan with his outfit to he do He didn't this. even know he'd be on TV, let yeah. alone perform in front of millions of people. With Cheryl Crow. And right. nobody knew what was happening. The judges had no clue. Like it was like five minutes before he was supposed to perform. And uh, they were like, okay, well, we got to figure something out. And I so presume they, they kicked guy. him off the show. It was the last show anyway. Yeah, oh, it was the last show. He had already been, I believe, eliminated or something like that. Why wouldn't he, he was... just say, like, I'm so sick of it. I guess I should just finish this out. It's the last time I have to I do know. this. It's, it's all very, about it's, a statement. I it's very so. unprofessional. And he also put out a statement. He's not a professional. He's kind of an amateur still. That's true. That's true. He put out a statement that was kind of like, the point. I'd like to invite Cheryl Crow to perform with me at my show sometime. And it's like, no, you had your chance with Cheryl. And what show? What show? What's his show? He has a show? Like, performing when he's oh. he's going on tour to to sell his I'm name. I'm sure that Cheryl Crow would say, "Oh, that went very well the first time. I'd love to give it a second shot." What? So you can just walk out on your own show and leave me again? Exactly. Bring out your mom to sing with me. The last interesting thing that I found this week is uh, somebody has made a YouTube account performing live music, uh, and it is a man from the past. It is his name is John Hinckley Jr. Oh boy! And he—he's assassin. He tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan, and he has been recently released from prison, and is now releasing YouTube videos of love songs. Oh my goodness! It is a—it is what a story! Crazy! What an amazing thing! I mean, he's—he had mental health issues, and so if he's out now and he has uh, been reformed, sure, if you which will. is what you should—that's uh, right. Think of Rehab- somebody rehabilitated. Then, and the thing that's amazing is if you look at the videos and you look at the comments, there's almost no mention of the yeah. fact that he really that's because it's almost all like, oh, this beautiful John, Mo- like, keep going up, John. Mo- it's great, <laughs> it's so most good. crazy. Most Ronald Reagan supporters don't know how to work the internet. Oh, well, there was one person that said that Reagan deserved it, which was not. Oh boy, wow. <laughs> I mean, wow, was it, was it Killer Mike? <laughs> no. it was killer mike killer mike got on and said that for sure but yeah he's releasing original music uh one week ago he posted a song everything's gonna be all right he's done a bob dylan cover uh and uh an elvis can't help fall in love he posted five months ago yeah pretty great i mean it's so different from like uh, okay so that would have happened decades ago yeah you know in like yeah, yeah so 80s. like like we're so far removed from it that it's very hard to have the stance of like why would we give this person a platform? That's it's my like, point. You've been gone for 40 years. Yeah. It doesn't like, even matter if anybody... It's not like, oh, I'm giving my money to this hardened criminal. It's like, yeah. I'm just uh, supporting somebody who's trying to have a different yeah, no, different life now. He's only, he only has 5,000 sub- subscribers. So it's not okay. like... It's not hefty. It's, it's not like he's like... How did you find this? I read about it. I mean, it was on Twitter. I okay. saw something uh, like... Okay. It was uh, on Twitter. Twitter does this. The, it took a screenshot of the video and it said, "Yeah, this guy is uh, John Hinckley is releasing love songs on yeah. YouTube." Basically. Will you? So will you very? It. Bre- it's unmusic related, but will you please mention just one other person yes. who nearly assassinated, perhaps uh, a president? What? The other thing, please. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Oh, so you will. 
Yes, give me one. I was moment. being vague on purpose. I know what you're talking about. It's it's. I want to. I want Tyler. This is not music related, but no, it's that's pretty, on purpose. And that's I'll fine. try and be. Very we'll quick. do a very quick diversion because we're talking about something that's halfway related. So this guy. Uh, let me find it. Twitter very, and um, assassinations I, are well, the topic. I have it. I had saved it, so I'm trying to find it. Okay, so yeah, uh, this weekend was Memorial Day. Yep. And so this guy, Ken, uh, I won't say his last name so that nobody will, uh, you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter. His, name, his name's on there anyways. Ken uh, Klippenstein, he tweeted a picture of, um, uh, what was the guy's name? Do you remember? Was know. it Lee Harvey Oswald? Yes. Oh. He tweeted a picture of Lee Harvey Oswald uh, in because he was a, a Marine. So yep. it was Lee Harvey Oswald in his Marine uniform mm-hmm. and said, hey, uh, to these various politicians, Matt Gates, the uh, oh, accused yeah. pedophile, yep. a few other uh, notable, mostly right-wing yes. r- politicians. He tweeted oh. pictures and said, hey, my grandpa was in the service and it would mean a lot if you would retweet this picture. And that it was him and they didn't know? They did oh, not. He trolled know. him. He trolled, yeah, he trolled so three people, And they did it. Three people in the same day. And, uh, and another right-wing pundit, Candace Owens, mm-hmm. oh, was man. going off on this guy because she, he was like, she was, she, like, was like, she was like, how could you Photoshop this picture onto, oh a, onto a, a, a veteran like that? She You're didn't disgusting. Even know. She, didn't she didn't even, even like, acknowledge that he was like, and that's one of the things is like, I don't want to get too yeah, whatever, yeah, but yeah. it's like, you should you're honoring military people, but and then if they do something bad when they're not in the military, do you still honor them or not? Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. like he tried to he killed JFK according to many sources. Right. Yeah, many, so, none, quite a few. None of them, none more of people partic- think he did than didn't. Yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> but the, I mean the uh, the funny thing was that what he responded was because she was so mad. He was like, I don't see why you'd be the kind of person to be mad about cancel culture though. What that you're trying to cancel what I what I said and then she was like this is different it was a whole it was a whole mess it was great it was so it was good. a beautiful it was beautiful the best thing. part of my memorial day weekend absolutely so only i could have been organically introduced but it's just as good as it is i'm glad it was let's go ahead and move back into some music stuff um i will do um two albums that i think that tyler and i will have some crossover with yeah, and then me. i shall see what t- you just talked for like 15 20 minutes no it was screw me Screw you! Yeah. Anyways, two albums that I think me and Tyler will have uh, crossover with, and then I'll see kind of what else that you listen to, Tyler, that maybe I have not mentioned yet. First one being uh, the new album from St. Vincent, Daddy's Home. Yep. Tyler, you're a big fan of St. Vincent. Yep. Tell me your thoughts. It's an interesting one here, isn't it? This one is like got a lot of R&B elements in it and some soul elements. There's some moments where I was like, this sounds like uh this sounds like Stevie Wonder. You I can see I mean? that. So, and then we heard right there at the very end some instrumentation that are like sitar sounding stuff. 
it's wild. It's kind of like a pop album from the past. I mean, yes. I don't know how to describe it because it's got some neo soul. When she starts singing, you get some of that groove. You even get some like, remember we talked about this, how like um, trip hop, you can get some like on Portishead, you can get some of those feels. You know what I mean? So it even mm. has like some of that in it to me. Some like a uh, lounge. Yeah. Lounge feels. So the intention of Daddy's Home, which you will gather from the title, uh, St. Vincent's father is actually a prominent, uh, I believe it was uh, like a bank, he was involved in like banking of some kind, but he was arrested for a decade for embezzlement, I believe is the is uh, what happened. Charged. He was charged, yes, and was, um, you know, in prison, and he was just recently, within the last couple years, released from prison daddy's home and so she's kind of exploring the this emotional moment in her life through uh the lens of the music that her father introduced her to um, when she was young so a lot of the sounds that she's going with on this new album are very uh 70s based intentionally there's a lot of the kind of soft rock soul r&b like you're talking about um throughout the album but still feels like a saint vincent album throughout somehow like it this she's always been a very versatile artist and so it's not surprising that she'd be able to make something like this work but in no world would i have listened to her previous album mass seduction and said this should be the next direction this is definitely where she'll go next no it's totally different and uh the thing that makes it similar to the rest of them for me the the through the saint minted sound is vocal delivery her voice is very clear it's it's obviously Annie and then the production work is like pretty on par with how she does a lot of different things so I don't know it's kind of an interesting um I mean there's no way that it seems like what would come next of course like Mass Seduction was a little bit weird too looking at her previous work it was a little bit more heavy in the terms of like pop sounds and like getting into exploring sounds that we've dealt with over the past decade and this thing's just interesting I don't know I like it I think it's got lots of cool instrumental parts in it I think it's a little more like interesting in that way than some of her other music instead of just saying what can pop music be it's more like what kind of it it's i don't know focus more on instrumentation mm-hmm. like what different things can i use to create pop music it was tax fraud uh, by the way tax fraud I we've all make been sure there. that i oh, of course i want to make sure that i um stated correctly what yeah. the, the charges were so i was not being incorrect by so any who, means, but i liked it Did you like it i liked it quite a bit yeah. it was very very good uh definitely in the you know when it comes down to it, and I've said this before, St. Vincent can't miss. I haven't heard a project from St. Vincent that I just inherently did not like. And I think that if this is an album that could work, then there, I guess there's just no evidence to me that there will be an album from St. Vincent that won't work. Like, if she was able to make something like this big of a leap work, then, you know, what would be the leap that she would be able to miss on? So I think that for her, like, she's just such a solid vocalist and songwriter that she would be able to use that really in any medium she wanted to. And her inherent pop sensibilities make it so it's very consumable, but her art, her artistry also makes it so it's not generic. Like there's just every bit of it gives her the ability to land with whatever it is. Yeah. Like Lana Del Rey, but with more talent, Lana Del Rey with more talent. Right, Jared. Yes. Just like that. Uh, The other one that uh, I'm sure that me and Tyler have crossover with, is the album uh, Black to the Future from Sons of Kemet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 
That didn't get more of the, uh, the I guess, typical hip-hop style, yeah. but I'm fine with that. That's cool. I'm fine with that. Tyler, thoughts on uh, Sons of Kemet, uh, a jazz group, one of the jazz groups fronted by Shabaka Hutchings, who we have talked about on this show before, and you and I have talked about many times because I know how much you like The Comet is Coming, mm-hmm. and I know that uh, Shabaka and the Ancestors, who released an album last year, was also something that stuck with you and me. Uh, and the last Sons of Kemet album was quite good as well. So yeah, I'm glad you went to this album next. First off, because I want to I want to make you uh, Spotify listeners feel like you're inferior because you are. Because uh, I noticed on this album, and then I noticed on Saint Vincent, but wasn't paying close attention, so I went back and checked. Uh, Apple Music does some cool things now where they'll do interactive album art. Oh, okay. So if you look at, I'll show both of you. Here's the Saint Vincent here, right? That's what it normally looks like. Oh, that's fun. Ooh, look at that. Fancy. Uh-huh. Ooh, and the Sons of Kevin one's pretty is cool, too, because it's kind of a graph, a uh, animated cover, so some moving bits on there. Pretty cool. Take that. You suck, Spotify. All right. Take that. So this album's pretty cool. It's like, um, it's kind of like Kendrick meets New Jazz, in a way, when you think about it in terms of uh, topic, mm-hmm. right? So it's pretty, heft- it's pretty hefty on, like... Uh, social justice and understanding the issues of the black community, which is like obviously important, makes a lot of sense in terms of this style of music, Mm -hmm. even new jazz. It makes a lot of sense. Um, And it uses a lot more kind of out there stuff. Maybe Uh, you could hear in that clip that there's a lot of like the percussion section and the rhythm section is a lot more heavily like Afrobeat. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. And it, it, but it still brings in some new jazz elements. I mean, Sons of Kemet are like kind of new jazz. They also have, like you mentioned, some hip hop elements and stuff in there sure. as well. So they're not sure. like a full out one genre type group. They're by no, see, that was my big point from this album is that they are by no means just like a traditional Western jazz outfit, you know? So, so Hutchings uh, currently lives in the UK, in England, and. Uh, that is definitely not where he grew up. He grew up in the Caribbean, and so a lot of the sounds that he uses throughout Sons of Kemet are, from my ear, based on that Caribbean like you know uh, time that he lived in. Because the Caribbean is so close and is influenced by like Latin roots and African roots, and so a lot of that comes in here. Where it's again not just like like yeah, he's using like some like Western jazz instrumentation, but it's like not the front and center of the album by any means. No. It's more often, um, you know, like Calypso, Latin. Um, again, there's like the UK elements of like, there's even like some parts that are like grime. Um, of course, Afrobeat, like you said, there's just like so many different parts of it that just don't make it. Like I can't call Black to the Future a jazz album. I just like can't in good nature say it's a jazz album because that will make you come in thinking this is going to sound like Miles Davis or Pharaoh Sanders or, you know, whatever it might be when it's just not that. And it's uh, what I enjoy about this album is that it's different from the other Hutchings uh, projects that he's doing. So even though he is fronting 
three now jazz outfits. Each one of them is doing jazz in a different way and even, again, spanning outside of just making jazz music. Yeah, I think this one is the most different out of all of the ones that he... In terms of this album and this group now, uh, out of all the projects that he works on. So I think that's cool. I think this one is also the one that he has... I mean, the comment is coming... There's no, it's not lyrical. Like this actually, this album has a lot of chanting. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a, so how do you make an album that's about social justice with no lyrics? It's not impossible. People have done it in a way by sure. trying to harbor feelings or what, you know, you're attempting to create something, but it's a lot easier if you have some type of a vocal delivery. Yeah. So, and it's infrequent. So Koji Radical is the one on this, the track I was just playing hustle, which has, you know, a lot of the themes from that. The uh, bookended tracks of the album also feature the vocalist Joshua Idahan, and uh, that one is far more like poetic and narrative. Mm-hmm. And then uh, More Mother and Angel Bat Dawid are on a, a an out one of the songs D double E. So there's only a few moments where you get vocals across the album, but when they put them in, they feel. Um, they feel like they were worthwhile. They feel like they were um, thematically placed correctly, I suppose. Like, they don't feel like, oh, yeah, we just threw in some vocals so it didn't feel like just a jazz album. Like, they were all very um, important to the uh, message of the They're album. kind of just reminders and uh, touch points yeah. of what what it's all about. Sure. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Sons of Kemet, Black to the Future, a, a wonderful, not quite jazz, but jazz-inspired album. Jared? Tell me more about what you were listening to or some fun bits about the month that you'd like to talk about. And then, Tyler, I will shift back to you, talk about some of the albums that you listened to. Okay. Uh, So there's a couple of covers that were interesting this month. The uh, group Ailstorm, who are a a metal band, covered the song The Wellerman because that was a big TikTok song here recently. Oh, really? Yes. The Wellerman uh, is a traditional folk, uh, like Scottish tune and uh so this other guy his name is hardy he's a country guy he covered the song blurry by puddle of mud oh, oh my god oh no my. way <laughs> oh my. i love that it's uh it was interesting it was not uh very country but it was uh, decent uh there was an ep by the devil wears prada uh the zii is their second zombie ep have not They're listened to it yet. back to their uh heavy Roots, the last album, the last two albums really were kind of more, I mean, like mix of rock and metal. And this one is closer to like what Bring Me the Horizon has been doing, where they're kind of like they're keeping some of the metal core of like that late 2010s or no, early 2010s, late 2000s sound. More of a scream sing than a just scream, I guess. I don't really know the best, but it was a good EP. I think it's worth listening. It's like 23 minutes, and it's definitely worth listening to if you like that style of music. New uh, single from Mastodon called Forged by Neuron. That's good. Pretty new single. Pretty excited about that new uh, Angels and Airwaves called Euphoria. That was a good single. Surprising. Did you listen to it? I did not. No, I'm just surprised that I see Angels and Airwaves in here at all. Yeah, that is surprising. uh, It's it's been a long time since they've had anything, really, hasn't it? Uh, Anything that anybody's like really got into. Sure. Uh, And then uh, the thing, I want you to play a song. It's by this guy. He's a country singer. Uh, and the song is called One Night Stand. Leave the house around 80s. I thought I'll know this thing good. Poor old gal must have 
It's so good. So it's a ah, it's a Craigslist ad that I has a, has a bit of some confusion. Obviously, he's getting multiple uh uh some sexual messaging uh and uh, he's like, this is not what I meant. I meant I only need one nightstand because my girl is no longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I need somewhere to put my things. Yes, I don't need I don't need what you're suggesting. I need it one. Was- <laughs> Nightstand. nightstand. Yes, that's what I need. Is that one word or two words? <laughs> it's three. It's the the whole song is the three. Are you what saying is the, night- the nightstand? I think it's two. I think it's one word. I think so too. I, I think nightstand know. is one word, but it's of course makes more sense yeah, yeah. to call it one night. I uh, that Clutter. popped up it's on funny. my YouTube a couple days ago, and I saw the music. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. At so first, I, I like the music video. I, I wasn't was like, really sure what was happening. Like yeah. when the chorus, I yeah. was like. It sounds like he's like moving into his mom's house and he needs some stuff to furnish it, but then it then it made sense, right? Yeah. Right there at the end. Yes. That was uh pretty clever. I'd say so. I'd say so. Did you have any albums that you really got into from this month or has it mostly just been singles? Very this month? few albums I got into. I yeah. don't really I listened to like of what I listened to, I listened to the new DMX. It was okay. Mhm. Um, Hot Mulligan has a EP, which they're a pop punk band that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy named, or it's kind of a group or a guy, whatever you want to call it. Nolberry, who does various covers on YouTube that like he changes things. I've showed you a few of his things. Uh, but he has a group that is, uh, I don't really know how to describe it, but, uh, they, they had a new album called Reduce, Reuse, Tricycle. That was pretty good. Okay. Uh, I didn't, I never really cared about the 21 Pilots one. I don't know. Whatever. I didn't really care either. I listened to it. I'm like, wondering if either you listened to it. I listened to about half of it and I never felt compelled to finish it or write about it or research it. Like it's it was un- just like, it's fine. It, it's them. It exists. It's unfortunate because they were like on the verge of being like one of the biggest rock bands and their, their fans are like crazy fans. And so it would have been nice if this would have been like a good album so that they could be the face of rock because the face of rock is uh foo fighters now i guess maybe and it's like should still, still should the exactly like should the face of this entire genre be built on the back of a 50 year old man like it's got to be getting well, i guess they should back. just switch to green day yeah they can be the face they could be uh, I think that's about it, really, of what I was like. It, this month was just kind of whatever. It was more singles and more interesting stories for me. Sure, uh, which is fine. There's a metal band Switching called it Eskimo Callboy. They're uh, they used to be like more like metal, metal, like screamo kind of stuff. But this album is like they are more of like a dance, kind of like what Family Force Five did almost. Okay, very strange, but they. Uh, released a deluxe edition it's mmxx is the name of the album and it's hypa hypa edition so i have this song called hypa hypa and then they released 
multiple uh, different versions of the exact same song, Hypa Hypa. Oh. They have like seven versions of this song with like it can't be that good different uh features so like what well, the the most interesting was uh they did it with we butter the bread with butter oh. which they're an old basically myspace metal band yeah. like they've been around for a really long time i'm surprised they still exist i know that's weird uh but then it's you like, do when they you get drug out for some sweet tunage <laughs> oh yeah but now they like uh they have like best m- mullets and they're like they're a foreign group as well. It's just very odd. And yeah, they're bigger there than they are here. But yeah, uh, that was an interesting little thing for this month. But that's pretty much the majority of what I gotcha. got into this month. It was it was a calm month. Makes sense. Tyler, what else did you listen to this month? I got two more that I listened to all the way through. We'll start with Ice Age. I listened to the new Ice Age album. Did you give it a listen? I've so I've been going back and forth on that Ice Age album, and it just hasn't clicked yet. I. I for whatever reason, Ice Age is kind of, for me, similar to, like, Proto-Martyr, where they're in the same style of, like, kind of a post-punk, but a different style yeah. of, like, almost like a, a bluesier, kind of dark version of it. That, for whatever reason, like, I, I like the concept, but I just haven't totally got into it yet. So I took, I gave it a listen. I haven't listened to the first one, although I've Bloodlines, which I've seen around, and I for some, I'm trying to figure out where exactly I saw because I thought I owned it for some reason. Like maybe I got it in um, the Patreon box, maybe or something, but I can't remember. This one's pretty good, although it's not punk, which is what they were to begin with, and no. I don't think it's punk post punk. It's no. it's almost just alt rock, really. I'd agree. And there's lots of classic rock stuff in this, like mm-hmm. instrumentals in here too. That's where I think that blues comes out is in, in that kind yeah. of classic rock. I sound. even get it in some chord progressions and just some rhythm sections are kind of classic rock. Like what I like about it is it, the lyrical delivery, the tone of it, and just kind of the way it goes reminds me of Stephen Malkmus. So I heard a little bit of pavement in the vocal portion of it, which I like. Was like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. The rest of it, I'm just not sure about. I think it was good. I think they're good songs, written well, mm-hmm. for the most part. I just don't know. It's not as exciting as some of the other things we've been listening to. It's probably what it is. You know, it's gotten good reviews, and I think it probably deserves it. It just is, it may be something that I put on less often than the other stuff. Last thing I listened to was uh, Indo Mokhtar. So, oh, yeah. Did you like that? I remember I, yeah. ma- I mentioned something to you about it. Afrique Victim, which I did like. I listened to it. Uh, the whole album this week, I had that's the one that I had previously listened to, the self-titled single that they put out, which I really liked. It's pretty cool. It's a good album. I figured you would definitely like the guitar. Yes. So the guitar work, it, so the artist is um, African-based. He's based in Africa, in Niger. He's uh, Tuareg, which is a cultural, like an ethnic confederation. And the type of music it is, is basically like guitar adaptations of traditional Tuareg music mm-hmm. so it's really cool i what it reminds me of is the music i've heard some of this before i've heard some like middle it's really middle eastern sounding if yes, you will very middle eastern uh, even sounding. though a lot of like a lot of portions of africa use instrumentation and and they have music that sounds very similar but me sure. i had a friend from saudi arabia in college so it reminds me of the traditional saudi arabian music that i used to listen to mm-hmm. both in terms of the tonality the structures the instrumentation all of that stuff is very similar to that and even the the um Vocals, because I believe, I wish I had been able to do a moment's more research, but I can't because I meant to look it up and forgot, but I believe it's in Arabic too, which is also very remnant of... That's what I thought. It was that it was in Arabic when I was yeah. listening to it. Also very remnant of the things I listened to with my friend and, and stuff that I like and I've grown to like because of that and understand like understanding it. The instrumentation is really cool though. That type of music is really interesting because the way that they perform, the way you play, 
the traditional instruments. See, this is a guitar adaptation, so tonally it sounds the same. The type of playing is made to kind of mimic some of that um, and represent the traditional music of his of where, like where he's from, the region that he's from, which I think is really cool. And um, doing it on guitar makes it maybe a little bit more consumable for Western people, but I think it's really cool. I think it's really good for people who like um, like the uh, kind of like a long form blues classic rock. It's really great for people who love um, psych. Because mm-hmm. it really seems like it's got a lot of psych stuff in it. Because of course that psych music had a lot of that. It borrowed of a lot Middle of that East, type yeah, of it borrowed a lot of it. Like the sitar, like we talked yep. about earlier on, uh, you know, Saint Vincent. Like that was a big part of psychedelic music was using some of that. Of course, because of like the Beatles going over right. there and taking some of the instrumentation from yep. that region. So. I think that it was. Is there fit... a song from this album that you really enjoy? The self-titled song is really good, actually. Um, it's uh, you can go ahead and give it a play so people can see it. It, it is a good representation of the style. So yeah, it sounds, I mean, I've listened to Middle Eastern music before, so yeah. I'm just like, this just sounds like Middle Eastern music. It does. played by guitar. Like, it sounds like stuff I'm familiar with in that regard. But even some of the, like, the, the rhythmic guitar is um, kind of reminiscent of some surf rock tonality. You know, it's got really good, Ooh. clean type stuff. You know, the way that they, they, they put a little bit of reverb on it, let it do its thing. So it's cool. It's got lots of different stuff. I think it's kind of, it's mostly Eastern based, but with the instrumentation and the tonality, Especially like in that guitar we heard in the beginning, it's really like dirty. It's really like like '60s, '70s psych rock kind of feeling, like fuzz, you know. So it's got a little bit of the tonality of the Western world, like thrown into all this Eastern music. I think it's really cool. If you're into that kind of thing, you should check it out. If you're into world music, I guess like this is kind of a world music. diet world music, if you will. But sure. it's pretty. It's still like I still think it's acceptable. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, so to run through some of the other releases that came out in the month, Jared, remind me, Mighty Mighty Boston's came out this month. That was right? last month. Was last it last month? month? Okay, that was last I month. We brought sure. it up, uh, I think, briefly. I couldn't remember for sure. Yeah, um, seems like it was. It feels like time it. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time oh, is of course, memorable. absolutely. Uh, so other albums that came out, uh, the Japanese, uh, all girl chai. punk, not really punk now, but punk band. Chai. Yeah, Chai. Uh, their album Wink came out. Did you listen to it? Yes, it's not punk at all. It's mostly like almost like this kind of pop yeah. sound, and I don't even know how. Do you remember else. listening to the last one that came out? Yeah, it was when you all stayed I was at, at your my place. house in Ludlow. Yeah, yep, I love yep. that album. It's very cool. Yeah, but I think I, I liked it a lot more than you. I didn't get to this one this month, but it's on my list still. I want to listen to it. It's very different. Is Anticipate. It? It's very. Di- if you listen to Chai, I you know maybe um, no. <laughs> um, anticipate that wink is very different from their last album they completely shift away from the punk sound i think the last album was called punk anyway i believe so yes um another album which i know jared i don't know if you listened to the full album um that i was surprised that i enjoyed was olivia rodrigo's album sour i did not listen to the whole thing no but it seemed interesting i was i was surprised it's it still has a lot of the same like kind of billy eilish style of pop that's becoming popular right now uh, she's a Disney artist. Uh, more on that in a moment. 
Uh, and so I was very surprised that she would like swear on the album and have a little bit more of like a grit to it. So I liked that end of the album. I think that was surprising and not something that I expected from the release. Um, another one that I enjoyed, but you know, for time, uh, is super what it's a Zarface MF doom collaboration. MF doom, of course, who passed away last year this is probably the last posthumous release we may receive but who knows with you know how many things he might have recorded before he passed um this album was recorded prior to his passing and they kind of took the verses that they were piecing together for this they had done a um a team up before zarface being a super group uh in hip-hop of inspected deck from uh wu-tang clan and then um Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the duo that works with them. Tyler, do you remember the duo no, that works with Zarface? Hold on. Oh my, I'm already looking up. Could have just not. It was worthwhile. You could have not expanded. No, it's important. If they wanted to know, they could have looked it up themselves. No, it's important. Seven L. Seven, yeah, Seven L and Esoteric. Seven L, Seven L and Esoteric is the other portion of it. So they are a su- uh, m- m- small super group that. Had collaborated with MF Doom before. They also have the kind of the comic booky supervillain style feel to what they're doing. So the production work of their music fits right at home with MF Doom. So the album is very um, solid from that perspective, but it's not you know MF Doom's best work by any means. Not t- it's it's not a whole lot different from what Zarface has done before. But the last album that I will mention, I will not mention the artist by name until after I play it. Uh, but the album <clears throat> is called A Touch of the Beat Gets You Up on Your Feet, Gets You Out, and Then Into the Sun. And this song is called Listen. I will then describe who this group is and why I find it surprising. Do you, know, do you already know who it is? Yes. Oh, I've told I've told him about this. Oh, so you know? It's more for the yes, listeners. Yes. It's not just for you guys. People listen to I know. Us, I just want to know if you well, knew Well, just tell them then. What are you doing? I'm getting there. So you may remember the Disney uh, sisters, Allie and AJ, from the mid to late 2000s, who uh, gained some notoriety with uh, the Disney Channel. Uh, they completely disappeared really because they didn't transcend like some of the other uh disney artists like the obvious being like miley cyrus from that period in time they were never really like the big uh members of the disney channel by any means um but this is their first album in 14 years 14 years out of nowhere they return who would have ever expected ali and aj to return with an album but now they're in their 30s and i uh, this has been a theme for me lately is these artists who kind of grew up in music uh in kind of an odd place a la a taylor swift or a carly ray jepson who just kind of shift when they get older into their 30s and start making like i don't want to say legitimate music but legitimate music you know like and it's very at home with like a carly ray jepson this album um 
that I will not rename, Allie and AJ's new album, um, has a, a whole lot of synth and a whole lot of pop, but it's so well-structured. It almost sounds like an Isley album at different points. Like, I, I really enjoy a lot of the songs on here. I've been replaying Break Yourself, been replaying Paradise, Listen, Don't Need Nothing. Multiple songs from this album I keep returning to because they're just so dang hooky, and I like them. And I'm surprised that I would like an album from Ali and AJ. You like how that song sounded like Beach House? You like that too? I could see like that too. too. Yeah, little little bit of everything. It's it's pretty good. It's kind of surprising, especially. Did when you listen to the album? I listened to some of it. It's on my list to finish. Okay. Because I saw it. I saw that, and I go, "This name looks familiar," but I don't remember why. And then I saw yeah. that it, the Metacritic score was 85. And I'm like, Ooh. "Yeah, okay, okay but check it out." It's but. been very well received. And like, I, whoa, that's one of their previous albums. That, they uh, songs uh, that make sense here. They released a single of a revamped, redone version of Potential Breakup Song mm-hmm. back in December. Ooh, it's got naughtiness in it. And um. They used that song to kind of uh, jump the interest for this album. Yeah. That song is not on this album, but they saw that because that song now has 20 million streams on Spotify. Well, because it got got re-famous through TikTok Mm. only recently. It started to to get played again through TikTok. Who knows how that stuff happens, but it did. So The Chinese... Maybe I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I don't so know they, that I put it that way, but they um, he's a thick boy. They they were able to kind of like capitalize on their current popularity due to the re-release of their song and the TikTok yeah. of it. So, but yeah, I was gonna listen to that, and I never, I never did. I I highly recommend it, even if you have no concept of Ali and AJ as a Disney. Just act like it's doc. a different. They're their own artists. They are, and that's the. It's well, like yeah, it's I mean, the they same way. Been on yeah. Disney forever. The cover yeah. uh, art. <laughs> they're thirty one and thirty two now, true. I think, and they're it's like cowbells. That's yeah, the they oh, I think I they're say, so far removed from that's it. That's true. The art, the album art looks cool too. It does. Also, give me a call if you ladies are single. One of you, not both of you, because I can't handle two of you. But you know, oh there's just one. That's this whole different sister sister. Hey, I right. am Taj Maori. Oh my God, anyway. you know they're bringing that show back too. Oh, why? Smart Anyways. guy. They're bringing back smart guy. Anyway, I hate. I don't like Taj Maori, but I do like the sisters. They're much. They're way better. Taj Maori's annoying. He was on uh, Kim Possible. Oh yeah, he was on Kim Possible. Anyway, I, it seems like it's Kim Possible to end this episode. Anyways, is there anything else that anybody listened to or any fun stories that were worth sharing about? Yeah, the Just month finished. of May. Cool. Just checking in. Uh, be sure to reach out to us, of course, and let us know what uh, some music that maybe perhaps you enjoyed from the month of May. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to this bonus edition of Record Roundtable where we talk about new music. We just finished talking about the music from May. Please return next month to hear us talk about the music from June. Of course, go back and listen to our regular episodes of Record Roundtable where we talk about artists. You probably have listened to them. That's why you're here. Go listen to our sister podcast, Good Band, Bad Band. Bottle click. Bottle click. And check out our website, recordroundtable.com. Thank you. Goodbye. The bottle click made you end right at the end of the course, so good thing it happened.